Creative Connectors, a podcast for curious minds. My name's Vicky Keeler, and I'll be chatting to the makers and creators who aim to connect and inspire through the platform of festivals. We'll be delving into how they show up in the world, why they do what they do, their journey, inspiration, and everything in between. So sit back and enjoy the chat, because who knows where these conversations are going to go. And if this is your kind of podcast, please subscribe, follow, share with friends, and get involved and give some feedback. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking to Boaz, and he is a photographer. So thanks for coming on and having a chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, It's uh, really exciting that we finally got to do this. We were trying to line it up for a bit of a while, but... Yeah, I'm just really, really, really excited to be on the show and thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Well, maybe we could kick off with where your relationship and journey began with photography and how it's subsequently taken you to photographing people at events. Mm. Yeah, lovely. Um, So I I just did a bit of a write-up on this um, yesterday, so it's, it's good and it's kind of been really nice to reflect on that and be able to articulate it too. Uh, so I guess it um, stems back to, to when I was a kid or or just like even before that, just having a particular kind of mind and connection to the world or, or lack thereof in some ways. And I, I guess quite like cerebral, but also... Mm connect with things on an empathetic level like I can feel a lot when I connect to something um and yeah uh, as a kid uh used to look at the Sydney sunset from um around the east there's really nice vantage points and yeah I just remember that kind of being this key moment of of where appreciation for something that's like that 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 was just like so beautiful um kind of went over into this kind of uh, almost overwhelming sense of um of how beautiful it was and and how much I appreciated that and I think that's where the the creativity or the the drive towards creativity kind of started to come because um I felt like there was like excess residue in a way after enjoying that moment and seeing it and feeling it and appreciating that beauty and what was left over was this, I don't know, energy or excitement. And I just felt like I needed some way of channeling that. Um, yeah, and nice. I, I wanted to be able to express it and articulate it and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, I tried drawing and I tried painting like the the cityscape and the sunset and just trying to like capture it in that way. Um, but... I have a bit of a hand-to-brain thing, which is like symptomatic of um, ADD and dyslexia. Um, so yeah, everything was kind of like incomplete or really like messy, or it, it, and that became really frustrating. And it was it was also really arduous. So um, I guess it didn't kill the desire or the passion to try find some way to express creatively. But um, yeah, I was introduced to photography um yeah my dad used to take photos and um he showed me just like I guess a few basic settings um and 
yeah, that just really was so satisfying to like bypass the the hand hand brain kind of um difficulties or challenges and just be able to have that medium mm. to kind of connect straight to what I was seeing um and capture it in a way that I felt was really gratifying to to represent that thing and to kind of like capture the emotion of it and the the moment of it and all these kind of like philosophical qualia things or like you know the intangible um and yeah it, it all kicked off from there like photography just changed my life um in that way so uh, i think that was around like maybe like early to mid teens when mm. i when i first started taking photos and yeah that's that's where it all began yeah nice that's so great and i mean even just the way that you talk about it you can tell how much it's like you found your thing and you know i can imagine it being super frustrating i mean i draw and i paint and sometimes I can get super frustrated because I want it to look really real and it won't look really real. And then I'm like, <laughs> no, you've got to step into something more abstract because that's just not, I guess, how I can express myself. I'm not into that intricate detail. But yeah, it's really nice and beautiful to hear you talk about how it felt to, I guess, find that craft and find that tool and at such a young age and really nice that obviously your dad helped create that bridge for you and and help you find that form of expression yeah definitely like mum mum and dad definitely um and yeah I guess like getting that medium led to other mediums like eventually enjoying writing and like mm. speaking how I'm speaking to you now because I guess before all of this was just trapped inside and that was like you know, it just kind of builds up and gets frustrating and you just need that outlet. So, yeah, photography was kind of the start and just led to so many other things. It began with nature and mm. looking at landscapes. Mm. Was it soon that you realised that you wanted to focus on taking photos of people mm. quite early on? Do you actually consider that a primary focus of you or do you like to still shoot lots of different types of photography and it's just I guess a part of your journey that has taken you heavily into the festival space um I guess with what I was uh, describing before it's kind of like there's the predisposition was there like the way my brain is or the way it processes things the way I see things the way I feel things so yeah, like I already enjoyed watching people or watching sunsets or all of those kinds of things. And the the camera is just like the connection to that and a means of like capturing that and expressing it. So, um, yeah, I guess I've always enjoyed people watching and um, just anything, anything in, in life really and things that are beautiful, like just fascinate me and grab my attention. And I, yeah. Nice. And so how did the journey with festivals begin? Were you a festival goer from a young age? Was it the photography that kind of immersed you into that world? Like, mm. yeah, how did that look? Um, it was definitely raised in a household where music was always a big thing and uh, different types of music. And uh, yeah, I was in a, like a couple of bands as well. And so I think music's always been a big part of my life. Um, 
and yeah, I think the first festival I went to, like before I was doing photography professionally, uh, was Big Day Out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was really fun, and like, or like I'd go to concerts with my older sister, um, and just like that. So I think music's always been a constant. Um, and yeah, festivals came into it and then I guess I started to merge the two, like uh, this was more possible with like camping festivals, um, than like going to big day out with my camera, but, uh, yeah, just taking it for fun, um, and slowly starting to, yeah, just capture things that I thought looked nice and enjoy that kind of process. Uh, but I did go for a long time without the camera as well um, because I, yeah, just enjoy festivals. And I think after like all the rock and all those kind of uh, concerts, like the, the emo and screamo and the heavy metal and everything like that, um, I did also appreciate electronic and just different types like that, which eventually led into the more like lifestyle festivals and doofs and everything else that's come of it. And was there a pivotal moment when you realized, oh, photography can be my career? Were you quite, I guess, dead set on being a photographer and making that your career from that early age because you found so much enjoyment from it? Uh, no, the, the two didn't come together till much later. It was It was literally just a means of finding some sort of voice um means of expression uh, just connecting to the world or connecting to my heart or my mind or yeah um so i didn't really think about it in that way uh like i went to university and did anthropology uh, like yeah studying photography was never an interest to me or creating a career it was just purely this i don't know really nice beautiful process of artistic expression. I, I never wanted to really turn it into anything else than what it was because what it was was just so meaningful to me. Mm. And like I kept, I kept all the photos to myself as well for a really long time because it was just such a personal experience. Um, and yeah, I think that turned when after a while of taking my camera to some festivals and like just showing it to, I started showing it just to a couple of friends and they were like, like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like you need to show more people this. And I was like, oh like, yeah, like you think so? And yeah, then they kind of over time encouraged me like, oh, just put it on, you know, whatever we had, MySpace and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then Facebook. And I think that's how it kind of got a bit of traction into then actually being invited to festivals. Yeah, like get a free ticket and then start like getting on the media teams as like paid. And yeah, that that was unexpected. Mm. Well, it must be exciting. I think it's exciting when, you know, anybody can combine what they love with being paid to do it. And mm. uh, there's definitely a few others who we've had on the podcast who you know, used their craft as a means to be able to get a free ticket initially to a <laughs> festival and then realize it could be a career. So it's it's definitely, I guess, a common a common path that people take. Mm. Um, I mean, 
in terms of what you studied at university anthropology I feel like that's a very interesting kind of thing to study and pair with photography in terms of thinking about people mm. like your people watching mm-hmm. and it is almost like uh you know you must see people in a really different way or I don't know whether it's a different way but I feel like looking at a festival through a lens and then looking back at everything you've captured mm. must give you a really different like perception of festivals because ev- everyone gets to often see the selects after a festival but you're just in the thick of it all the time you know I'm sure you have people coming up to you wanting pictures you're probably mm. capturing candid moments like it it must just be a very different view of a festival yeah yeah it's uh, absolutely fascinating um and as i was touching on before that's called cool, kind of all predisposed and like the photography and the the going to uni to study those things just kind of like complemented and furthered mm. that predisposition and that appreciation um but yeah no it's it's great it's still mind-blowing like i i really do love it and there's so many different things that you see and so many different ways of thinking about things and uh, like how trends emerge or, or people are a particular way. Like I really, I think candid, you mentioned candid photography before, like that's definitely my favorite. Those real moments, those real feelings, people just like raw in their experience, whatever experience and emotion that they're, they're feeling or what they're doing. So yeah, I just, I love it that way. Well, so much just when I think about my own experiences at festivals, so much just happens in one day and you feel so many emotions. There's such spaces of personal growth, expansion, learning. And I guess you're the person who's capturing it because a lot of the time, especially in Australia when we're out in the bush, if it's a multi-day festival, People don't really have their phones, which I think is a really nice thing. Mm. Um, so you are kind of really the sole person that captures that memory for people and mm. helps people remember those experiences for, you know, a bit longer or in a more visual way versus just their sole experience. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that you said that. And I think for a lot of people not having their phones on them is is like part of the joy of going to the bush or going wherever they're going um to do like to go to the festival or go to the door for the burn or whatever it is and just kind of like put the phone away um and then they can kind of connect more to themselves and their experience and process things or whatever they need to do so yeah, it's nice in that sense if people aren't capturing moments or even intending to or even realising someone else is, but then that can show up somewhere and they're, they're just... I, I get messages every so often uh, where people are just like, I didn't even see you, but like I really appreciate that you got this moment and sometimes that'll be it or sometimes they'll go into more depth and be like, oh, like uh, they'd just been through a breakup or, or whatever had happened to them and that moment was like the first dance that they'd had in like ages or they'd just been crying their eyes out for six months and that was their first festival and Mm. and like 
and I don't know those things. I'm just like seeing someone enjoying themselves at that moment. But it, that's also a really nice aspect of it is how much that can mean to someone else. Yeah. Because I have my own reasons why I do it for me, uh, like personally and spiritually, uh, wh- whatever, all these kinds of things. And then there's also like the business side of it, like I'm being hired to be there. Um but then there's what it can mean to other people as well. Like not just as uh, content for marketing to sell more tickets or something like that, but the the other side, like the really beautiful side of it, that what it means to punters and DJs or whoever else. Well, yeah, it's capturing moments. And as much as the saying is, what is it? A, a picture can tell a thousand words. Mm. What, what you see through the lens and, and what you aim to capture you'll have a certain perception of that but the person on who is being photographed will Mm. have a completely different perception of that and only part of that can i guess be translated right Mm. yeah exactly i mean so much or like all of life is about relativity and and things aren't absolute in their nature i guess so meaning's always going to change from person to person or thing to thing and yeah that's also where the beauty is as well is like the way I see it, the way I feel about it, I put it out there and it just means completely different things to different people. But as mm. long as it's, as long as it's like evoking something in someone, it, it makes them think or feel or means something or it doesn't mean much, but it, it, I like the idea of the impact it can have. I, I think yeah. that's really powerful for me. Mm. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think also because I didn't do the studies for it and I don't have like extensive technical knowledge, um, I just kind of knew the basics from the start and then worked through a lot of trial and error. Um, Learned a few things along the way or through talking to other photography mates or people like they shed some insights and whatever. But for me, it's a lot about like, putting emotion into it, putting feeling into it to do to do the thing. Um, so also I notice when my mood's different or my perception or my attitude or whatever, um, it affects the photos. Mm. So that that's also a really interesting part of it, how much it can change over time with uh, what your beliefs are or what your mood is and all those kinds of things. Well... Yeah, I mean, delving into thinking about energy and, you know, that realm, whatever you're kind of feeling, do you notice that in terms of then the experiences that happen around you that you might be photographing at a festival? Uh, Yeah, it can. Um, And also vice versa, Um, because it is really dynamic in that way, I guess. Um, I can go in feeling and thinking a certain way, but then also th- that's going to affect how I, I guess, start to take the photos. Um, but then also the environment's a factor, the people are a factor. So if I'm seeing lots of people with, with lots of joy or all these kinds of nice things happening, that can also lift my mood or like change my change my perspective in that moment. Um, so, yeah... I I really like that as a process, that it is really dynamic. Are there any kind of favorite areas or like, I don't know, insider 
tips or things that you look for when you're trying to capture moments at festivals or do you just obviously if somebody hires you you might have a certain brief to capture certain Mm. parts of stages and things like that but do you have like a strategy to how you approach a festival to shoot it um i guess if i think about what i was doing before i started getting hired for it if there's no brief or no like instruction on what to do um then i guess it's just nice moments of people and nice vantage points like things like decor just things that stick out to like the art installations um and all of that so i guess it's like when you're going through and when when you're observing things like what is sticking out as beautiful I think as well, you kind of get in tune with moments as they're happening and also before they've happened. That That's a really interesting one that um, that I kind of developed over time, I guess. Um, and especially with Candids, like, I don't know, you see two people from a distance running at each other. And or, or sometimes it's not such a great distance, but like you can see that they're about to hug or something like really mm. nice. Is, a moment is about to happen. It's like brewing. <laughs> and <laughs> um, so, yeah, just kind of like scanning all the time. And yeah, the, the moments are happening all the time. You can't capture it all, but there's like beauty all around and things happening all the time. And um, if I'm there, like I get that. So... Yeah, and then I think because that's what I put out there to eventually start getting hired at festivals, I'm really appreciative that the respect was there for them to be like, we're hiring you because of what you do. Mm-hmm. So yep. obviously there's going to be a brief and a list of things to shoot, but we're not going to tell you how to do that. Like we, we love your art and what you're capturing. And I I think maybe in the, the lifestyle doof scene more that's like pretty respected because all all of us photographers have such different ways of seeing the world and how we feel technical knowledge equipment all of these things that like change uh the outcome of of what you're capturing um so yeah i i love that respect that we're just able to do our thing like Mm. we're there because of us kind of thing you know yeah, well, it's like if you were hiring a muralist or a painter or somebody to, you know, create an installation piece, maybe you might give them a potential theme that you'd like them to tie to. But most of the time, it'd just be a case of, hey, we like what your work is and what you're about. And we want you to create something in this space of a festival. You wouldn't dictate, hey, I want you to do exactly this thing because then it's taking away the fun mm. for the artist, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, I guess it's also being, uh, also about kind of being conscious of certain moments and whether it is appropriate to take a photo here or do something over there. Um, and I guess that could be similar with artists who are hired to do installations um, depending what festival because we're just mm. talking about this concept uh, in general festivals but like that could be anything really um, so yeah it's dependent on the one you're being hired for and maybe DJs can also relate to it like where you are on the on the lineup like 
that mm, can also yeah. affect uh, what kind of music you play, what speed, the feel, all those things. And then also looking at the crowd and trying to read them and connect with them. So you're doing it together. You're not just like playing music at them. So it's kind of the same with photography, I guess. Mm. In terms of your sort of like personal opinion how would you describe how festivals make you feel Whew, great question uh like i i think an interesting one is like my first doof because that's what like led into more of what i shoot um and i just remember like what was it three of my like best mates um were like they'd been going for like a little while a couple of years or three years and they were just like man you have to come like come on it's gonna be fun um and i think at that point which was like 20 2010 maybe mm. um the like the last like two years before that w were pretty rough for me like uh my parents getting divorced and just like things happening in life that were quite difficult um to process and i'd like just finished high school and um yeah i think that was all pretty impactful on me um along with like other childhood things that happen and you know uh what affects us in life traumas etc and yeah, so I was not in a really good place. Um, and I think my friends were just trying to encourage me to come to this thing that would be fun. Um, and I guess I was getting a bit, like, hardened at the time. So it's like... Life can do that to you. Yeah, and just, <laughs> like, a bit cynical and too introverted. Um, but also, like still wanted to be able to go out and do things with mates and have fun and all that but um and I, I think as well I was at uni at the time and I was studying part of what I was studying along with the anthropology was philosophy and you know some philosophy Great can <laughs> it can make you quite uh like you know nihilistic like that's one of the the philosophical thoughts just like that there's there's no purpose there's no meaning to anything um and that could either lead you to be really optimistic or like really pessimistic and i guess because of the other things that were going on in life i got quite like pessimistic about it mm -hmm. um and yeah so they took me to this doof and like I love music. I've always loved music and connected with it through bands or other concerts or, or whatever. But I, I got there and I remember it got to nighttime. Like I was having fun. It was bloody awesome. But I, I was standing way at the back in the forest with um with one of my amazing mates, David. And I just remember turning to him like, and he was just like loving it. And he just goes like, oh, well, what do you think? And I just turned to him and I was like, it's just a bunch of people dancing in the forest, bro. <laughs> in just like the most like basic assessment of the situation. And he just goes, but it's so much more than that. <laughs> and, it, and like at the time I was just like, yeah, like whatever. Um, but it just, it became so much more over time. Um, 
And yeah, I think that experience going into it with like that kind of attitude at the time, but then being in this environment that just is about like the radical inclusion and radical expression and, and, you know, everyone's dancing, but no one's watching how other people dance. It's kind of like judgment isn't there. Like all these things you might go into it with from society or your upbringing or just how you feel about yourself generally, the ways we think about ourselves or talk to ourselves um, can make you like very insecure and um, like I want to dance, but maybe I won't because like what would other people think or I'm embarrassed of myself or like I don't know dance moves or whatever, but you, you get into this environment that's just encouraging of, of whatever, just express yourself and like enjoy and connect and like it's just this platform it's it's an opportunity it's it's whatever you really want it to be um so if you allow yourself to be open to that and what that can do to you and how that can help you change from like maybe you'll still be nihilistic but you'll be a bit more optimistic about things or just give you a different perspective uh so yeah like being being with mates there and like learning kind of learning how to dance mm-hmm. and just be comfortable with that and like let loose and it's just like such a unburdening thing and it's really beautiful so i think that's kind of like that's like the starting point was there Great and then it just point. became <laughs> it became like so much it became everything and yeah I forget what the original question was, but <laughs> just about how festivals make you feel. But that's like a beautiful story, and you know, not many people would probably say like, oh, "I did just think it was people dancing in the bush, and I was in there, and I was not necessarily seeing it." For now, what you see it like, yeah, it's a perfect example of how actually probably how a lot of people do see festivals who don't go to festivals Mm. and may not always have that opportunity to experience it and may not have their mind changed out like changed about it yeah yeah i I can feel that i mean i guess uh some people may think oh you know that's just like escapism or that's like some sort of ritualistic hedonism or um it's it's avoidance of reality or all the like some people have those attitudes but are you just looking at the thing and and saying well this is just people dancing in the forest or are you like going through an experience about it to then see it if you know what i mean like see in the i don't know namaste kind of way like seeing the essence of it or the soul of it well that's it i think you're kind of forced to feel it. You can't avoid it once you're there. I don't know that maybe there are people who, you know, have gone to festivals and maybe haven't had a great time and haven't gone back. But I think there's always, you know, especially those multi-day festivals because there are, you know, multiple days, there's so many different people. I think there's no way that you can kind of come out of it not seeing yourself or seeing the world in a slightly different way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I believe that. I I think I came to believe that, but at, at other points, like, I didn't think that was possible, I guess. Mm. Um, and as I mentioned before, like, 
I believe it is like this platform that's just like set up with music and art and whatever else they have on offer, workshops, uh, all these kinds of things. And it's just meant to draw people in to be able to like celebrate the music or the art or the even if you never go to a stage the whole weekend and you're just like with mates or like talking to strangers or like just out in nature or whatever you choose to do, it is this platform of opportunity. So sure, some people go in and don't really enjoy it or they don't have the best experience and might not go back. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it also is how much you allow yourself to be mm. and that like letting go. Because I, I feel like a lot of anxiety and um, all that kind of stuff that we may experience is like this desire for control in like a possessive sense of life. Um, and maybe that's also a reflection of how we're taught certain things or how we're raised or, or whatever it may be. Um, and I think like, relinquishing control like allowing yourself to be yourself and enjoy the things that come from that like through the law of attraction like that's that's where all all of these things can really uh just make it amazing for you and for other people so yeah i fully I, agree i, I fully yeah. agree because i know even from when i used to go to festivals the amount of times that you would get caught in camp and just wanting to hang out with your mates. And it's not to say that you shouldn't do that because it is a really joyous time and quite a unique time that you get to spend with your friends. But some of that probably is down to security and mm. it being familiar. And I think it was interesting actually what you were saying about you kind of discovered how to dance for the first time at a festival because when you think about when we're kids, right, we dance like, no one's watching us or yeah. based on what we've seen or it's probably more of a true form of expression mm. and then as we probably get into our teens we're more shaped by who's around us and you become more self-conscious and we all become i think and i mm. i think i did you become a bit similar to everyone who's around you there's less you know uniqueness shall mm. we say and then almost once you start to get a bit older I personally found like going to festivals that's where you could you know if you go to a festival you look around no one's the same everyone's completely different everyone's moving in a different way everyone's dressed in a different way and so it's kind of forces you to be like well what do you want to be how like what what are you yeah express yourself don't try and express yourself through a form of like a learnt behavior yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, again, like you, it sounds like you're meaning something specific, but talking about, you, you mentioned the word festival, but uh, you're meaning a certain type of one, I guess, mm. because yeah, yeah, because like each festival you go to has like different demographic and different music, and all of these things are affecting like the dress, the dance style, the the whatever. So what I was mentioning with the dance was kind of more specific to, to like the lifestyle transformational Duffy kind of festivals. Cause I, I went to other festivals before, like the big day out and you, you're dancing, but it's like in a certain way or at a rock concert or being in like a, a 
mosh pit or death pit like mm. the, those are ways of dancing too but like this other kind of just carefree Free. just whatever whatever you want to do kind of dance and yeah well they are they're spaces for freedom yeah and platforms to just i mean they're often created from nothing they're paddocks the multi-day festivals there's nothing there and it is what you make it you know whether that's the festival directors in creating something from scratch and obviously wanting to create a certain vibe mm -hmm. and then also the people just can completely change and craft a festival too yeah true true it's are there, it's are there interesting like changes you've seen you touched on earlier you know trends and things like that is there a large difference in terms of how you've seen festivals evolve over the years that you've been taking photos at them um i'll go back to the like the first doofs i went to um i guess noticing like very earthy kind of clothing or like baggy things or just like whatever you were comfortable in um I noticed for a little while, like, maybe this was just in, like, some friend groups that I had, but, like, having a tail was, like, really cool. <laughs> uh, just like I've a, definitely a got a tail somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, a simple little quirk that's just, like, this extra layer of expression, you know? Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like the more comfortable you start to be with yourself, the more you can, like, express in different ways. Or not even have to dress up for that. Um, but, yeah, I guess did definitely notice dress styles and trends change a lot over the years. Um, and I don't know, you, you've got the ones like Subsonic. So Subsonic was the, the first festival that ever officially hired me. And that was pretty awesome in terms of just... I don't know, dressing up as whatever you want and like you could walk around in board shorts the whole time in a singlet or there were people in like crazy sparkle outfits or whatever and everything in between like, you know, just black jeans and black t-shirt, whatever. Um, so that was like a really nice mix um, and I felt was pretty like free in its expression without being trendy, mm -hmm. like people were just enjoying themselves. Um, and I'm not sure if this is something to do with social media. I'm guessing like the more things go online and the more people that are aware of the fact that that like photos will go up. There's this like, I don't know if it's unconscious or not, but people are aware that they will be seen. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of exacerbated through social media like how quickly things can go up and um the relationship of how the platform is designed to kind of hook you into like likes and all this kind of stuff for like some sort of validation and if certain things get like a lot of attention then that might become more of a trend at a festival um so yeah i think it's like partly to do with social media and then also partly due to photographers i guess because we're we're also putting photos up um but yeah like i think 
trends change from that kind of like baggy, carefree, whatever you're comfortable thing into um, maybe a lot more showy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like a pretty general statement. I don't believe that's always true because who am I to say what is a certain type of expression? You know, if someone wants to wear a complete sparkle outfit, like I, I don't, I can't say that that's like, that might just be them. They're, yeah, that, that's, just, that's just yeah. them enjoying themselves. But um, I definitely notice there are like points where it starts to, I don't know, the lines start to blur into like what is self-expression and what is pageantry. Mm. Um, and, yes. Because sometimes I, I, I hear exactly what you mean there because I feel that sometimes when... I'd say in more recent years, people are expressing, but then there's so many people that look the same. Mm. And so it's like, oh, it's it, it, for me, it creates an inner, inner tension or like a, I don't know, it's like a tension of under, like wanting that person to be like, oh, is this you expressing or are you just feeling like you have to look like that because yeah. you've seen other people look like that? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point and it is something that shouldn't be generalized on. Like I'm I'm trying to make a point of of not going down that path. Um but it does make you wonder sometimes, mm. I guess. Um and is it like are you doing that for yourself or are you doing it for other people to see you be doing that? Mm. Um and is something getting lost there in terms of if it's a place of opportunity for like radical self-expression and freedom and self-development and letting go and just being and all, all those kinds of things, is something getting lost if someone has to kind of limit or allows their their acceptability of what they can dress up as to be defined by something else, then you're, I don't know, you're, you're limiting your, your expression. Mm. But I, as I said before, I can't generalize that that's always the case, but I, I, it's something I've definitely thought about. And with my photos I put on social media, I do write ups as well. Um, because I just think about it anyway and want to put those like thoughts and feelings out there with the photos and yeah it's something i've definitely brought up before Mm. well yeah i guess it's also dependent on individuals and where they're at in their journey you know if i think about when i very first started festivaling i saw the world in a very different way i acted in the world in a very different way to you know now and you don't know what you don't know right so sometimes you can only learn that maybe you've been holding your yourself back by time Mm. yeah and I guess everyone is on their like journey of self-discovery discovery of the world through themselves or whatever it may be so like yeah I I can't really judge or or say that something is a certain way because I don't know what that person is actually thinking um but yeah you, you can talk to people and like some people might express oh, yeah, no, like, I'd just do this anyway. Or maybe they would say, oh, yeah, kind of, I kind of feel like this is the thing to do. Like, I see everyone's doing it and and they seem like they're having a good time. And I also want to have a good time 
So I guess maybe there's some sort of reasoning of if I wear something similar, I will also be having a good time. I, I don't know whether that's a conscious process or whether I'm just like confirmation biasing myself by analyzing it too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, yeah, I, I think it might be true in some areas and not always. Have you noticed any shift in like broader culture of festivals? And is that something that you've noticed through taking photos? Broader culture? The style of festivals, the vibe of festivals, the type of energy that you experience. Like, have you seen something different over the years? Um, I guess, like, when doofs or, like, smaller lifestyle festivals start to grow, then they have an opportunity to have more things. So, I guess the addition of things like yoga classes in the morning, um, which even is at commercial festivals as well. Like that's been a nice, uh, a, a nice thing to see develop that it's like maybe not just music. It's, it's multi-dimensional. Um, I really love when they have like, uh, speakers and it might be on horticulture. It might be on, you know psychedelics or whatever else like all these things that are you can do and and speak about and professors and whatever else whoever comes in to to give those speeches um so yeah i guess that's the kind of expansion that i notice that is slightly different and really nice maybe that's been done for a long time and like i just discovered in a different way on the timeline that i got introduced to all of this but but yeah, it definitely feels that from my personal point of view that multi-day festivals are definitely having an influence onto probably more of the commercial festivals because I think people are starting to realize like festivals as experiences, mm. whereas maybe historically they thought of it in more of a show sense. Whereas mm. now I think it's this people just crave interactivity, being mm. immersed. And, you know, I think with that, you know, workshops, art, yeah. different things that can transport you. So you're not in this kind of stationary mode of just facing a stage, I think is definitely seeping out into more of the commercial world. Mm. And that's a great thing. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and I guess you could see that as well with like concerts because the, the setup of the concert, the structure um, mm. in a venue is very like, you know, audience and band or audience and DJ or, or whatever it is. Um, but then after a while, I guess like things like production changes uh, to make it a different kind of experience. And I guess all of that comes with, I don't know, I guess like self-awareness um, and even this kind of like post-modern or post-structuralist kind of thing of when you start to become aware of what the structure is, you're like aware of the awareness and then it can be something more because you don't need to allow that structure to dictate what the... What the uh, outcome of it is so you create different structures that can be more interactive or more dynamic and not just band plays at crowd crowd mm. enjoys music 
it's like it can be yeah a lot more creative and dynamic and with all these other elements to it because it's the music is amazing and, and it all kind of unites us under that banner but like there's there's also more that we want to experience um so introducing things like the workshops and the yoga and all these other things is just adding to the experience rather than it just being a music festival and i, I yeah. guess i guess that's why um there is that kind of like subcategory of like lifestyle transformational festivals mm. but but yeah I, I do also see that it, it seeps into the commercial too um but i, I think that's that's great yeah i yeah. think it's i think it's only a great thing and it's interesting to think about mm. what festivals will even look like in the future it's hard to contemplate where it will go if there'll be more online digital festivals oh yeah they're, they're all going to sure stop happening and it's all just going to be um virtual reality <laughs> no one will ever no. go to the bush ever again <laughs> and we'll all be in the metaverse oh uh, no no interacting <laughs> with digital trees in the metaverse yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that will probably be happening at some point but i hope that the physical will still always remain yeah i mean who knows maybe we're in a simulation right now so maybe <laughs> I know that you have kind of had a relationship or I should say marriage that birthed out of um, festivals. <laughs> yeah. Is there a lot of like love, I'm assuming, that's captured, proposals? I've personally married a friend at a festival. Have you had and seen so, a lot like of you, that through you were the celebrant or you actually got yeah, married at I the festival at, no i'm not married but i married my friends oh I nice get, yeah i didn't get the official certificate to be a celebrant <laughs> because they were already legally married elsewhere <laughs> but yes i did marry my friends at meredith festival how so, nice <laughs> yeah it's a very it was a very special occasion but i mean i think they're incredible places that generate a lot of love I know you obviously had your own story mm. um, in terms of that. Like, yeah, how, what has that meant for you? Have there been any incredible moments that you've captured? Keen to hear some love. Yeah, uh, like definitely proposals. Um, like uh, at Rainbow Serpent, I got asked to, to shoot a proposal. Um, and yeah, that was, that was really beautiful. Um, I was kind of asked just to cover the set and I didn't know that the proposal was going to happen. So, um, but I think they asked photographers to be there to, to cover the, well, it was a workshop, um, Rachel Moore, Rainbow Tribe. Um, so yeah, I was just there being like, oh, cool. There's like um, ecstatic dance and like music and uh, embodiment and all these kinds of things that she does in her, her workshop or that workshop. And yeah, it was just fun and beautiful and everything. And um, her partner was was DJing uh, for her to facilitate the workshop. And it just gets on the mic on stage and is just like, oh, like, do you want to come over here? And she's just in the middle of a workshop. She kind of like looked at him like he was crazy or something. He's like, we're in the <laughs> middle of a workshop. And <laughs> she just like goes up on stage and he's like, I've got to ask you something. She's like, what? Like, what is going on? And then he gets down on one knee and, like, Aww. everyone in the workshop and all the photographers and everyone was just like, oh, what the hell? This is amazing. It's so beautiful. And, yeah, th things like that are, like, absolute magic. 
I, I really enjoy uh really enjoyed that experience and I guess um the the most amazing one uh was which which I can't call a festival because it's a burn but it, it was at um Burning Man and uh we we went um we went in early with a camp um to help them do the setup and um to facilitate with them throughout the the week and help pack down afterwards and like be part of the core crew and everything like that which was beautiful um that was camp corny and on i don't know like five days into it um one of the other camp guys and and the head of camp are just like oh can we can we go for a bit of a stroll and i was like yeah sure so we're just like walking around and then he just like asked me he's like so or he like tells me he's like so i'm gonna i'm gonna propose tomorrow and um it's gonna be it's gonna be like a bit of a setup with uh with the all the girls in the camp are gonna like take um his partner emma and like gonna take her out to a part of the playa and they're gonna tell her that there's this there's this one art installation that you have to be blindfolded for to go through like the experience of it um so yeah they all like went together and went out and blindfolded her which was really good idea and then yeah all of us went over to like set up and and just like get into our positions so when they took the blindfold off she wouldn't see anyone from the camp so we're all like hiding like in the set in the in the player dust and like behind other installations and just like you know waiting and and yeah, takes a blindfold off and they're just standing there together and she's a bit like, where was the insulation? And um, same kind of thing. It's just like they chat for a bit, uh, they start laughing and then he like gets down on one knee. And yeah, that just, that was amazing. Just in that whole setting and the whole like build up to it and because we were like all crew together and we'd been, uh, yeah, it was just really, really special. And uh, she said yes, which is always great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd hope that it wasn't a no after all that. <laughs> yeah. And um, just the the photos, because the moment was just so nice and then, like, it's just the setting, the environment's crazy and just the big expanse of, of um, that that environment at Black Rock City. And the photos just turned out amazing. And, and the, a funny thing happened as well after... Uh, she said yes they kind of like hugged and like wrestled and like fell to the floor and then he's just like got <laughs> she's like l got her back on the floor and he's like I i've got photos of it on my instagram it's hilarious and he's just kind of like got up like mounted her and then he's just put his like hands in the air like yeah it was such a character <laughs> uh and uh <laughs> yeah so just things like that and like i don't know i'm going into that the like it just transpired yeah it just happened um which is amazing yeah like that that brings me so much joy and then that moment's captured and you share that with them and it's just like fuck yeah i love it can i swear yeah. on this sorry <laughs> yeah of course you can any anything goes on this podcast what are the highlights is it yeah is it very emotional moments like that that are things that resonate for you and stick with you or are there other types of moments that you kind of cherish that you've captured 
Uh, yeah, I think all of it kind of resonates with me, um, big and small. I guess when you're doing it for a long time and especially in like a work kind of context, I guess some things might be a bit repetitious or I don't know, monotonous in some sort of way. But mm. as long as your your mindset and and your kind of like attitude and approach um, is open to it and like your your heart's open to what experiences are going on and all of that, then whether it's a really tiny little thing or like a really big moment, it, it's all beautiful and I'm like I do cherish it all. That's nice. Yeah. Is it hard to make your selects? To make the selects? Yeah, like uh, after a festival. Uh, yeah, it can take time. Uh, I guess like it's how many photos you take as well. Um, because, I don't know, let's say you've taken 3,000 over three days or 5,000 and then they only want like 300 photos at the end then yeah, like the selection process can take a really long time. I think it's good for people to also hear like how many photos you take because I know from like requests that we get to like Strawberry and people are like hunting down this one picture and you're like, do you realize how many photos are <laughs> taken over a whole weekend? It's like, we're not going to be able to hunt out the one person who's dressed as a strawberry just because you want that picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you you get those requests all the time, and uh, and they're like, yeah, but I saw a photographer there, and like they're they're also like they're trying to hunt for the photo, but also the photographer, and they're just like message me, and they're like, oh, you, like do you know what the the person looked like? And they're like, describe something. I don't know. It's like it's hard to track down, but um, yeah, like what what goes in the final album is is what goes in there, and. I think unless it's like a particularly special moment where at the time they kind of like approach you afterwards and they're like, oh, can I get that afterwards? And then you mm. have a mental note to kind of put it aside. But but otherwise, like, yeah, I think, uh, and I guess it's a bit of a shame, like not everything goes up, but I don't know. You can't really put 5,000 photos up. It's a lot of service base and a lot of posting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of posting. <laughs> Marketing teams don't want that job, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I would love to understand if there's any challenges that you've faced along the way. Obviously, sifting through thousands of photographs, I'm sure, can get a bit tedious. Mm -hmm. But is there anything else that, yeah, maybe hurdles you've had to overcome navigating this career path? Um... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I touched on a bit of it before, just in terms of life things that were going on, you know, families going through their own like turmoil through separation or uh, anxiety, depression, like all, all of these things that I've experienced in different ways at different points of my life. Um, and yeah so you you carry that into the festival um and i guess sometimes that's like the very th place that you need to kind of take certain emotions to and just yeah get 
at forms of creativity and stimulation that can help you process things. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that can be through the music and the dancing, um, through just doing photography itself and in enjoying that journey to help me in so many different ways, emotionally and uh, spiritually, or definitely had big transformations um, at festivals. Do you lean into photography outside of festivals if you are experiencing a challenging time? Like, is that something, an, a medium that you use to help like process and work through things? Sometimes. Um, I guess it's just about honoring how you're feeling in that moment and whether you have the, like, whether it seems like it's something you're like pushing yourself to do because it would be a good outlet or whether that's just like a natural feeling of, no, I think it would be really like wholesome and grounding to go out and take some nature shots right now and just like recenter. But other times, like definitely not. Like the last thing I want to do is have the camera in my hand. yeah, that, it, and that's kind of like this interesting paradox with it as well is it's like this medium to connect with something, but then in the context of work or overdoing it, because like, you know, festivals can be three, five, whatever days long, and you're like pretty much working every single day and every single night, um, and you can kind of get somewhat detached. Yeah. And... uh you're experiencing the beauty and all these nice things, but you're you're doing it in like, I don't know, with one extra step. Like you're experiencing it through the lens in a way and capturing it and seeing it, but your mindset is like looking for photos or looking for moments or whatever. So it kind of like detaches you. So sometimes as well, you need to like put the camera down. You need to mm. just like go to sleep. You need to go like for hours and not think about the camera and just like have a boogie with your friends or have a chat at camp or whatever it is. Um, Cause you can get really caught up in that, that thing. And then the guilt of when you put the camera down and then you're like still in that mindset and you're like, Oh, I should be taking photos. Oh fuck. That just happened. That's really nice. Oh um, yeah. So yeah. I can imagine that gets hard. Do you, do you like now do festivals and ever go without a camera? Or is that really hard? <laughs> um, yeah, I think as a gift to yourself, it's really important every so often to to go to one that you want to go to. Don't think about reaching out about like getting hired for it. Just like I'm gonna go and just like rediscover myself in this context and like what it is and how that feels and get back to the root of why you started going there in the first place or why you started mm. doing photography in the first place. Well, like what that meant to you, what that means to you. Cause I guess that can get lost if it becomes too much about work or business or just, yeah, loses some sort of magic of it. Cause you, I don't, I'd really hate to end up not enjoying or, or for it to feel like work. And that does happen sometimes. So you're like constantly trying to find this balance in it. And yeah, going without your camera is, is a great gift to yourself. Mm, yeah, there's definitely had a few people on the podcast who, um, who, who've said, yeah, it's really important to go to festivals just as a, a punter, a patron, so that you're not caught up in it. You know, DJs mm. themselves, it's about, you know, 
if it's work, you know, people might go, oh, you're a festival photographer or you're a DJ. Like, you're living the dream. You've got the best job in the world. And yes, amazing job. And there will be highs. There is of every job. But there's also those challenging times. And it can still get tiresome when you're doing the same thing. And like you mentioned, photographers are on the clock a lot, you know, yeah. all day, all night. It's It's not like you're just having a great time you've probably still often got those briefs to be met mm. and then once the festival ends also your job doesn't end because you yeah. then gotta go through everything yeah too. exactly <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes the briefs can be extensive sometimes uh they can be free reign uh in either case like it's also up to you how you choose to like take your breaks and mm. if you allow yourself to do that um, before you, like, get overworked or burnt out or whatever it may be. Um, and I don't know. It's just, like, once you once you get in the zone with it, it's – because it's also really, really enjoyable. But, like, uh, maybe it's because I'm, uh, like, I can get quite hyper-focused as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, getting into the zone sometimes it's hard to like get out of it. You just get like fixated on what you're doing in the process. Flow state. Flow state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bo bordering <laughs> on maybe like too much. <laughs> bordering sometimes on just like obsessive, <laughs> obsessive like I don't know what it's called like compulsion like compulsive behavior. Chasing the moment. Can't stop it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that you're a big advocate of mental health, and you mentioned earlier finding other forms of creative expression, such as writing. Mm. Is that where did that transpire from? Is there anything specific that sparked that? Does, is that something that you're obviously merging it, as you mentioned, you write up? elements with your photos mm. do you find you focus on different types of things when it comes to writing is it been something that's been solely linked to I guess mental health specifically um I guess like with the rest of it like the predisposition for different mediums of expression was always there and like Without that, you're just, like, kind of trapped in yourself um, and you don't have the outlet to kind of, like, diffuse all of that or to channel it into something creative that's, like, gratifying. Um, so, yeah, the, the desire for expression has always been there. The, the writing, I guess, because, uh, like, reading and writing is was, as a kid, like, really, really challenging. Um, and just like having learning difficulties and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I guess I came into my own in university because I was like a different kind of environment and like you kind of have to go to high school, but like you don't have to go to uni. So like you're there because you want to be there and the professors and the tutor teachers and everyone is like aware of that. So it's like, they can facilitate your desire to be there however much you express that and I feel like that environment and the content I was learning which I, I really loved um, helped me develop a writing style which I felt like I never really had before um, 
didn't like I did like standard English in high school and like I did all right in it like I did well in it but um still it was like a struggle but in in uni I felt like that just went to another level that I didn't even know I was capable of um so yeah the the writing as the ability came and like I could articulate more in that like poetic kind of way um the things I was writing about was like w what I was feeling um the things I'd see with photography and how that made me feel or things I noticed in other people um that I wanted to, that I found interesting and just wanted to like express for myself and sometimes share that and sometimes not share that um so yeah like how mental health comes into it because I just felt like I was silent for so long with a with like no outlet like no ability to really get outside of my mind or my my feelings and and connect with the world and relate to other people and yeah it's just like so very frustrating and and yeah I don't know it was like quite used to be quite cagey as well and I think the more all of that builds up inside of you if you're trying to just like suppress it and push it down is is just uh, just like tears you up from the inside out and it, it affects how you behave and how you treat other people and and yeah it could just be so destructive and like you can be self-destructive as well like uh, with substances or uh i don't know just all these different things like isolating yourself socially or like pushing family members away or all of that and it just i don't know and until you like find some sort of way of articulating that and and expressing that and feeling safe to do so and letting that out in some way like you're not really going to be able to heal like the the patterns are just always going to continue of the, of that mm. kind of like i don't know ad adverse coping mechanisms and and bad behaviors and just self punishment like you you can turn it in on yourself that you just like hate yourself um and it, well, we're all our own biggest critic at times yeah yeah um so yeah, I guess like and like family and friends were kind of the ones who got me to start talking and um one friend in particular from high school uh Amy um she she just kind of encouraged me I remember the the conversation it was just like what my perception of how her life was or her attitude was just like oh like super happy fun person who always likes to try and make other people happy and like she's just this shining shining beacon of like light and and absolutely crazy and i love her and all that kind of stuff um but yeah she just like could see how i was actually feeling inside and what i was keeping in and was and just like started talking about well like i am the way i am because i was also i used to like struggle and keep things in and had like my own issues and i guess that someone relating to me on that level just was such a a beautiful thing that helped me feel more okay about what i was feeling and not have to go down that path of like stoicism and silence and just turning it in on yourself um 
and just create like a sense of security in the fact that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Mm. Uh, so yeah, and I mean that that continues today. It'll continue for my whole life. Like I, I still um, do have problems. I mean, everyone's got problems. Everyone's got problems. <laughs> but no um, one's life is, you know, plain sailing and happy. Yeah, uh, it's just like the way of how I understand it differently now and my means of expression and how much I've noticed a change from times in my life that were much darker where I, I feel like I was much more of a, like just doing bad things, toxic things, um, that if I can like share that process as well and like how I was feeling then and, um, how the journey's been or as it's going because it's constantly developing and and when I am writing about mental health I think I'm always acknowledging somewhere in there that like it is this process and and Mm. we're like we're all kind of like growing and learning and developing through that um but yeah I just feel like what the gift my friend did to me back then and what other people have done along the way of like sharing their experiences and their journey I just noticed that results in more healing and more openness and more love and just more opportunities for other people to then pay that forward and that's just I mean maybe I'm a bit like can romanticize it a bit but like if that could like continue like you could imagine the world being healed I know that's like a really big one but like it, it would all you have to do is like start from that micro level of just like all I have to do is just like talk about the struggles that I went through and like how I'm feeling which helps me in the process but can also go on to help others uh but yeah like so sometimes as well you find and I know I was the same it's like you can only help someone so much as they also want to be helped so you can share these things and people can receive it process it in whatever way and do whatever they want with that um but you know even if someone doesn't message you and say oh this helped like i need to hear this today or like you start having a conversation with them about whatever it is they're going through and um do that like it could be like affect someone that you you never even heard of and will never hear from but it it does something in a little way that could then go on to help them more Mm. well it's all I like to think, you know, leading by example, it takes courage to share. It takes courage to even share something like honestly with yourself because a lot of the time I think it's very easy to brush over maybe how you're feeling even with yourself. Um, But similarly with festivals, it's like you always need people to educate on how it can be done for it to work in a better way down the track. And I think it's the same with mental health, right? Mm. You know, sometimes people might be, I remember having this conversation not too long ago, in that you might have a friendship, right? And you need to be vulnerable and share. And sometimes you might not get that exact same type of vulnerability back from another person. Mm. And you can't expect it. 
but what you can do is have the courage to be vulnerable yourself because as you mentioned a it's going to help you in communicating it Mm -hmm. but also what it shows that person is that they can do it because somebody else is doing it it's just leading by example yeah even if they don't do it in that moment they might do it four times down the track or they might do it with somebody else because they feel ready or comfortable and it's all about how we can have those i guess ripple effects yeah exactly and not doing it for i guess any sort of instant gratification like Mm. that that you're gonna get a message and you're gonna get praise and you're gonna get all these things because i guess that's that's frivolous if you're doing it for those reasons like for a like on Facebook or, or whatever. But um, yeah. If Do it if for you and it's a benefit if somebody else yeah. can take something from it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And some people like go on with that to then pay it forward or it just like makes their life a bit better or like imparts some sort of thing that when they do do face adversity later on, maybe they remember that the same way that I remember things other people have shared with me. Um, and that's, yeah, really powerful, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, like we, we go through these cycles as well. Um, because like healing isn't necessarily linear. Um, cause I guess if you think about it in that way, when you do slip up, you feel like you've gone backwards. Um, or like made a huge regression, I guess that can stunt stunt your your desire to want to keep healing or like feel like a failure or like go into like rumination about shame and guilt, um, which I mean, go through it sometimes now, but not as much as I used to. Like that, that was a really like heavy one, just like holding on to so much like shame and guilt and like self-hatred and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah i don't know it's yeah it's just this ongoing process and like it not being linear it being like more dynamic or expansive however you want to think about our relationship to like physics and how we experience time versus like the relativity of time and that it actually could just be like oneness or or whatever is that we will be faced with similar lessons and experiences that is an opportunity to go through a process to learn a lesson uh, and it might happen again, but we just kind of process it in a different way and learn deeper insights about that. And that that's good, I guess. It, yeah, it, it's just a learning. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't want to like repeat mistakes because then I guess we haven't really learned anything. Um, but everyone at the same time is on their different journeys of healing. And sometimes you do meet certain people and you help each other to an extent or like you you shared certain things and maybe they don't want it at that time or you don't want it at that time. And um, that can be a difficult process as well because as much as we can help heal each other, sometimes also we might not be good yeah you gotta know everyone i think everyone's felt that at some point you have to step away from relationships or friendships and different people need have different needs at different times 
Yeah. And you've got to strike that balance and mm. focus on kind of what's right for you, but also have an awareness of, you know, what's maybe not right for me at this moment in time, whether that's people, scenarios, places. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would something like that be conducive to further development and healing or is some sort of like perspective taking like a stepping back needing to happen for like people to be free or to be with themselves and um, be able to process it in a different way from a different perspective to then heal later. There is this kind of long game um, with uh, like sharing and healing, like it might help a lot later. But yeah, uh, and it's just so difficult going through those processes. Like when you when you when you hurt people or like, yeah, you just realize that you're not, not always helping. Yeah, well, yeah. no one's perfect, and all you can do is learn from everything that happens in life. Basically, everything's a lesson. You can learn from it. You may face the same things again, not through choice or through your own conviction but you can navigate through it hopefully with more education and tools in your belt hopefully from yeah the first time around yeah um and i, I guess that that's part of of being human like no one is without sin everyone has faults i think no one really wants to hurt someone else or hurt themselves necessarily but we're all just like on different journeys to like discover how to heal in different ways i guess well we're all unique so yeah. we can't all have the same path and the same experience like you've had a different upbringing to how i've had a different upbringing we see the world probably in some ways different some ways the same so nobody's experience is is ever the same so you can only kind of navigate yourself but mm. learn from others and see how it might apply to your life yeah yeah exactly and like being being respectful of those differences as well because i guess a lot of it comes down to like what are your like core fundamental like beliefs and values and that will inevitably shape how you feel about things and how you connect with the world and I guess the more we have the the self-belief that like we can heal or uh, the world can be a certain way and like we can then try to do that in ourselves or with other people who are also keen, then it becomes more possible to manifest, you know? But mm. um, yeah, if, uh, well, there was this quote with like Timothy Leary, I think when he's talking about... um. Uh, LSD and he's just like acid's like a self-fulfilling prophecy like you don't get on a sailboat and you're about to go sail off for a journey and like just be worried the whole time that the boat's gonna sink you know so <laughs> it's uh, our minds and our hearts and and whatever is is all so incredibly powerful and I don't know if we're really taught that growing up exactly but like uh, yeah we're just I, gets I, lost along I, the way I, I think I think humans <laughs> are just like so so incredibly 
capable of just like doing whatever once they believe it it's possible and as long as you're aware of whether your your beliefs are like helpful or not because i i guess also like humankind like as we can see through history like they their belief is so great but like the thing they're believing might not be so good i mean to them it's good and mm. like you know stalin hitler like uh, all great examples of like they just had the self-belief but they did like the worst things in history so the the same can be true in the opposite side like if if your self-belief is for like love and healing and not i don't know starving people and and murdering people and all that kind of stuff or even if it's just like you you you're like oh i've had these um life adversities and i believe them to be like such a hold on me that like i'm never going to progress or or do or be able to heal like that that limits you and I guess I used to have those like negative self-beliefs and uh, unhelpful like self-talk and narratives and it, it just it gets you nowhere like just made me like anxious and depressed and just wanted to I guess like eventually I was shown through other people how to believe in like the good things and how to like try and manifest that mm. and that it is possible to do it. And what does the future hold for you? I know, obviously, as I mentioned, you are a big advocate for mental health. Is that something that is a focus for you in the future? Do you see yourself always photographing festivals? What What do you aspire for? What are you trying to manifest? Um, I, yeah, I guess um, through COVID, like the last two, three years, and just like the lockdowns and the restrictions and all that kind of stuff, it just amongst other things that were going on at the time that I was processing, it also became like abundantly clear that uh, photography is not essential. <laughs> a lot of people like kept working in very niche things that were like in demand, like food photography or whatever, but like a lot of people in events or festivals or, or whatever, it was just, it was just like, no. Nah. So it, that was a big eye opener as well that like, maybe I have put all my eggs into one basket there career-wise because I'd never mm. stopped doing photography. I'm going to keep doing it and even working in it. But I I felt like, okay, I have this other passion, which is just also a medium of self-expression, which is the, the studies and the writing and talking to people and connecting with people. And people seem to want to connect with me and feel safe with me and all that kind of stuff. So yeah through that period of COVID I was just like well how about I go back and um yeah so I want to go back to to study and do like post-grad masters in um counseling and and nice. go down that path because like I think it's all well and good to like take the things that have been helping me so far and just like talk about them not as like advice and instructions on this is what you have to do to people who receive it or or whatever um it's just like sharing experiences but it would be good to learn it from a different kind of way of mm. like how a counselor actually does their job and um being able to like get into the field with that and work in that kind of context 
So yeah, that's that's kind of a big goal of mine as as another step, and I think that'd be beautiful. That'd be really nice. And exciting. And yeah, just uh, I don't think I'll ever stop doing photography, but I, I definitely love to get into into the mental health field. Do it. Put it out there. Yeah. Sounds like you've got your studies lined up to take you in that direction. And, you know, it's obviously core. People are at the heart of you and everything that you do, you know, from people watching, photographing, mm. understanding those emotions, seeing how people react in different ways to different things. Mm. Um, it's obviously a natural progression for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it really is. And I don't know, just like got to do it. Give it a go and, and see how that goes. Exactly. It's all yeah. you can do is have a crack, see where it takes you. And who knows, if you want to change your path down the track, you can. Yeah. You know? well, I, I no, one, no one tells you you have to do one thing for yeah, the rest of your exactly. life. Exactly. Like I never thought I'd get into, for, get into photography for work or as a career and I just did it like it just kind of happened and I was like oh cool I'll do this thing and really enjoy it and then I guess when the time comes or the opportunity comes to go down a different path I'll do that but that just became a lot clearer during COVID given all the circumstances mm. um yeah everyone had a very good period for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. forced reflection yeah. upon everybody globally <laughs> <laughs> don't think anyone managed to avoid that um we've covered a mass amount of topics mm. is there anything else that you would like to say whilst you've got the mic any wise words any final pieces or anything that you're like oh i'd love to just talk about this while whilst i'm here oh there's there's so many things as we've been going that i've been like oh but then this other thing happened and this like so much more <laughs> i want to talk about it um we can keep rolling as long <laughs> as you want uh, um yeah just wow no, there's so many more experiences, but I, I think we'd, we'd probably be here for a lot longer. Maybe if, uh, yeah, I'd love to come back another time, maybe if possible. Yeah, we can always <laughs> do a round two. But, um, we can do a round two. <laughs> but yeah, just while I have the mic, I guess, um, just like be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And yeah, like we're, we're all human and uh no one's perfect and we're all just on our different paths and journeys but like yeah if we're if we're kind to ourselves and we try to like let that radiate out um then hopefully that can make a change and yeah just like go easy on yourselves and just believe believe in the good believe in the love and it, it may not be a quick like transformation because like i i know i'm still i mean it, it, we just keep going with it we, we've all got so much to learn and and grow from and do different exciting things and but it all starts with that like self-belief and that self-love and and yeah radiates out from there exactly yeah. have that ripple effect yeah have courage and express yeah <laughs> that's an important thing that's that's what helped you get to where you are now is learning to express and it, it's a, a good timely reminder actually as well for 
people to always do that and find their form in which they want to express too. Mm. Yeah, well, we. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on for a chat. I know it did take us a long time to get this one together yeah. because of COVID and events and all different things. Yeah. But yeah, I really appreciate you finding the time and thank you for such an authentic and honest share about your journeys with photography, mental health, writing, and just life in general. Because I think, you know, it's important to share these things with different individuals because it will resonate with different people in different ways. And it might just spark someone to lean into finding their expression or um, believing in themselves and going after something. So thank you so much for, yeah, all the wise words and pieces of advice mm. thank you so much this was really really amazing like i uh, was so bloody excited to come on here and i, I really love what you've created as well it's uh, i think you're you're doing an awesome thing here and thank you so much for for reaching out to have me on the show no worries well that's a wrap <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs>